And now your host, real estate broker, consultant, and best-selling author, Todd Tremonti. Welcome, 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 everybody. You are listening to Texas Real Estate. I am Todd Tremonti, and we do not have our normal full studio, but we will be taking your questions. So if you have anything real estate related that you'd like us to answer for you, you know the drill. You can call 214-310-0008, or you can always go online to toddtremontiteam.com. We're gonna dig into the state of the market right now. We've had some crazy weather lately. We've got a lot going on as the year takes off, real estate-wise anyway. And we've got a bunch of really good questions that we'll get to today. But we do want to get to your questions. So one more time, send us how we can help you. You can call or text 214-310-0008. You might even have a chance to speak to the English one himself, the Yanni Donnie, Ian Daniels, 214-310-0008. 0008 or online at toddtremonti.team.com. If you ever forget that, just Google my name, get as close as you can, Todd Tremonti, and we'll get you all taken care of. Now, the media is in a bit of a frenzy lately. Everybody's trying to predict, is it a recession? Is real estate going to tank or is real estate going to hold firm? Is Dallas-Fort Worth special? Will Dallas-Fort Worth act differently than the rest of the country? And we will get into that today as we make our way through your questions and many of the questions that have piled up this week uh, as we help serve you, our friends and neighbors, through the Todd Tremonti Home Selling Team right here in DFW. The first segment, as always, is brought to you by Patrick Glaris and his mortgage team over at Cardinal Financial. Uh, if you have any mortgage questions whatsoever, do what I do, and I did it this week. I text Patrick and I said, hey, we're looking at three different options for this upcoming project. Can you give me a scenario of what it would look like? Cash to closing, rate, uh, payment, at this value, this value, and this value. Uh, he sent me what he calls a total cost analysis, which is a simple spreadsheet where you can move some numbers around and watch payment go up or down, rate go up or down, terms go up or down. Very, very simple. You just don't want to wing it. You don't want to go to your big box bank and hope that they get it right. You want to go with someone that can give you options and educate you through that process. And that person is Patrick Glaros. PatrickGlaros.com, G-L-A-R-O-S. PatrickGlaros.com, NMLS number 308804, PatrickGlaros.com. All right, producer Courtney, full price Courtney's got a microphone today, folks. She's rocking and ready with a bunch of questions for us. How what do is we have? it going, Todd? Listen, let's get it, let's get it going. All right. Look, there's been major reports lately, specifically from Goldman, about real estate market projections. And I know the people of Dallas are wondering how it applies to them. She's got her finger on the pulse. She knows the people of Dallas are just dying to know people. Here's the deal. Um, I don't have any significant affinity for Goldman. I don't necessarily have anything against them either. But when an organization like Goldman or Forbes has another report out right now as well, uh, everyone's got a report out. But those are the two that are making their rounds and getting quoted in the media like 100,000 times a day. When they write those reports, they're doing that at a national level, but they are being so bold as to speak very specifically about specific markets. So the big Goldman report that was out talked a lot about four specific markets that they felt like were going to have very 
specific um, downward trends. San Jose being probably the biggest one. They talked about Phoenix as well. Austin, Texas, they said it's going to take a huge hit. Um, But the reality of the situation is I just simply personally believe and an experience of 20 plus years has shown me that the data is never right. Now that doesn't mean it's, it doesn't indicate in the right direction. It's just almost impossible to be exactly accurate in that situation. So I'm not holding them to that standard. I'm just saying real estate markets are so sophisticated, so multifaceted, driven by so many factors that these reports are worthy of our attention, but they are not worthy uh, of our obsession. They're not worthy of lost sleep, right? And I would just tell you that Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, even in the eyes of many of these reports, is going to be a safer, healthier, more attractive real estate market than almost any other market in the country. And, And we've talked ad nauseum on this show for years now as to why the fundamentals of the Dallas Fort Worth real estate market are more attractive than others. A lot of people don't really care about the obsessive specifics of that. So let me just say simply, we got a great job market, we've got more land to build on, and we have pretty much everything you could want for an attractive growth market, right? Uh, The the cost of living, uh, taxes, uh, business-friendly environment, it, it tends to be one where we are going to continue to have people move here, want to own homes here, want to rent homes here, um, and our population is growing. There's many, many other factors, but because of those reasons, uh, values in our market should remain strong, even if they were to weaken, uh, should recover quicker, should weaken less. Uh, and there's a very good chance, I think, the most reliable report of the bunch right now is actually, believe it or not, one from the National Association of Realtors that says DFW is likely to be up a few percentage points or down a few percentage points, but generally about flat uh, over the next 12 months. Now, we could have a month or two where, where we're, we're in a stretch where we're up those few points, or we could have a stretch where we're down those few points. But I think a year from now, when we look back at this year, most people will say Dallas did really well. It held its own. Uh, it hung tight. Now, we could end that period down a little or up a little, and I could be wrong. But right now, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying right now, based on the activity of things, that's how it's looking. That's how it's feeling, is that Dallas-Fort Worth will probably be um, steady. I think in the spring, like right in front of us right now, we're likely to see the upswing of that. I think the summer might actually look similar, maybe even a little bit flat. I think where we could see some interesting pullback might be next fall, fall 2023, uh, the fall that's coming up. Um, I just don't know how much energy of optimism we're going to have. I think we're spending it. We're starting to spend that optimism now. People are starting to buy again. Sellers are starting to see some opportunity. Uh, So I'm not saying Goldman or or Forbes are wrong. I'm saying that they're, they're speaking on a national level. And Dallas is not one of the pinpoint markets they they talk about with a lot of energy. But to be specific, uh, Goldman does reference that Dallas could see uh, as much as a 10 to 15 percent downward pressure on values. They're not confident necessarily about that, but they're saying even markets as strong as Dallas could see a potential, you know, 10 to 15 percent movement. I don't think it'll be that extreme, but that is what that is what's being said.
So go ahead. Well, in this season across the country, but specifically in Dallas, we've had a lot of harsh weather. How does that affect the market? No, it's it's a really good question. And we probably got it a hundred times this week from clients uh, of the team that are like, you know, should I still make offers? Should we still put our home on the market? And those are absolutely reasonable questions. My short answer to this is weather matters. Weather absolutely matters. And this is why I'm so careful with statistics in residential real estate, especially statistics that are done from the national media who are not living and looking at local data. Real estate is hyper-local. Um, our town's going to act different than your town. Our zip code's going to act different than your zip code. When we start averaging all that data in and we say, here's what's happening in DFW, that's a lot less reliable than here's what's happening in Allen. Or here's what's happening statewide. That's like super unreliable because Houston alone could drive the stats of the whole state. Waco's over here going, that's not true for us, but our numbers thrown in with their numbers. And of course the average is going to show a different picture. So what I'll, what I'll say specifically about weather is when you, one of the most popular statistics in residential real estate is month over month or year over year, right? So January 22 compared to January 23. Well, if we had an entire week of January 23, where schools are shut down and roads are really dangerous and you can't get out and drive around, you can't get out and look at houses, you're not likely to put a new listing on the market. Most months, you know, somewhere between 28 and 31 days, Courtney, I don't know if you knew that, but we're about four weeks long. And if you have an entire week where there's just like no real estate activity, and in 2024, people are like, you know, January to January, we're up 25%. It's like, wow, it's almost like that's a whole week of productivity that didn't happen last year. And people don't talk about it. Like I never hear people talk about that. Um, so the short answer is, yeah, obviously we, we had a week earlier this month or, or, or last month, first week of February, last week of January, whatever you want to say, where almost nothing happened in our market because it was icy and snowy and wet and nasty and not much. That's a, that's a very real thing. Um, you know, mid February, late February, we're looking back and we're like, man, this house has been on the market for five weeks. That that's a little bit longer. Well, one of those weeks was because no one did anything. So weather has a very real impact. I say this every year, uh, back to school is a very interesting time in North Texas because it's hot as Hades out People are doing that last vacation of the year thing. Um, if you got a house that's vacant with no air conditioning, it's like disgusting to be in there. It's so stinking hot. The heat has an impact on the market, right? So, you know, ice and snow and lost powers, even more significant. So yes, the weather has a massive impact. Not, not even just to say like in a normal day, if it's raining, there will be less offers made on homes that day. It's just harder to get really fired up about a house when it was gloomy and wet and nasty. Um, weather has a huge impact, but but major weather like we went through, you know, a week, week or so ago, uh, that'll change the statistics of a week, which will change the month, which will change the month over month, which will change the quarter. 
I mean, this stuff really does matter. And I don't think people pay enough attention to it. So hopefully that made sense. You know, what else makes sense is if you have landscaping needs, you talk to a pro and I would point you towards Keen Landscaping every time. That's K-E-A-N-E, keenlandscaping.com. If you're looking to install new landscaping, which I think if you're thinking about enjoying it in the spring, you need to be looking at getting that done now. Landscape lighting, walkways, tree work, hardscapes, uh, or just your ongoing maintenance. Get ready for that now. Don't wait till April or May to try to find a lawn person. Um, they'll all be booked up and too busy to even come quote it. Do that stuff now. Keenlandscaping.com. K-E-A-N-E, keenlandscaping.com. What else are we working with over there? Well, I was wondering uh, with these reports, like if you think that now is a good time to become a realtor. Yes. Next question. Just kidding. Uh, I do. I do. <laughs> Listen, we got to have a little fun here. Courtney's got the mic. There's no Ian here to to volley this stuff back and forth with me. I got to take my shots. Um, I think it's a great time to get into real estate. Let me rephrase the question. Is now, meaning is 2023, meaning we might have a recession coming. Is this a good time to get into the business? Yes. Still yes. And here's why. Let me just give you like bullet point reasons why I think now's a phenomenal time to get into the business. Um, there will be less real estate agents in the business this year than there were last year, meaning there's more opportunity per agent. Now, there are less transactions to go after right now, but uh, I could get into an annoyingly specific analysis of how the number of agents decline faster than the number of transactions that there are for us to do. So the number of potential transactions per agent actually will go up uh, probably uh, late mid to late second quarter this year, and then will be a real opportunity. I think it's always a good time to get into any business if you have the right attitude, right? Um, and, and I could give you a bunch of metaphors or a bunch of uh, comparisons for that, but for the sake of radio clocks and time, just take my word for it. Um, if you're committed to being an expert, if you want to be really great at what you do and deliver world-class value, there's not, there's not a bad time to get into real estate. If you're looking to get into residential real estate because you're looking for some easy money and it was fairly easy to get a license and your previous career didn't work out or you didn't enjoy it, I'm going to ask you right now not to get into real estate. Uh, doesn't mean I don't think of you highly as a human being or don't value your life, but I do not want you to get into this business and make it even murkier that real estate agents are overpriced and underdeliver and are not full-time and are not experts. We don't need any more of that. We got more of that than we can just about handle right now. So if you want to be a pro, if you want to commit to being excellent, to like a real career, full-time, learning, growing, educating yourself, committing yourself to excellence, it's a great time to get into the business because it's a great time to lean into the complexity of people's lives. Should we sell? We don't know if it's automatic that we will sell. Should we buy? Interest rates aren't exactly where I want, where I would like them to be. This is a great time if you're willing to become a pro and lead and guide and counsel people through hard decisions that are not as obvious as they maybe once were. 
This is when you can have real impact. You can really enjoy what you do. You can still make a great living because people need experts in a market like this more than they thought they did in the previous market cycle where everyone assumed they already knew the outcome. So great time to get into the business if you want to be an expert, if you'd like to get trained and mentored and, and led by somebody like me, by a team like ours at the Todd Tremonti Home Selling Team, we would love to talk to you. We're actually hiring right now. We'd love to add one person in our Richardson office. We'd like to add two or maybe three people in our Fort Worth office just west of downtown Fort Worth. You can get more information about joining our team uh, on the website, toddtremonteteam.com. Uh, toddtremonteteam.com. Just Google my name. You can track us down one way or another, or you can text us right now, 214-310-0008. And you can just say, I'd like to apply. I have questions about joining the team, whatever you want to say. Call or text 214 214- 3100008 but but on a broader scale Courtney um you will hear people on the news saying uh real estate agents are bailing out of the industry you know we were at, we were at like 1.6 1.7 million members of the National Association of Realtors and there are other licensed salespeople that were not members so we were probably around 2 million real estate agents of some kind, part-time or full-time. And you're going to hear for the rest of this year, I bet you'll hear, you know, real estate agents are bailing out. People are not joining. They're, they're letting their licenses go. We may drop down to 1.2 or 1.3. Guess what? The world-class professionals are not leaving the industry. The part-timers, the people that this was their backup, third, fourth option career are bailing out because the easy business is gone. This is a good thing for the consumer. This is a good thing for the industry. It's like, imagine in the legal world, like, like lawyers and attorneys with law licenses that pass the bar. Imagine that like if all of the ones that like barely passed the bar and like tried to get a law license online and we're just trying to pick up like the low hanging fruit of legal work. And they, this doesn't mean they're bad people, but they were not doing well. They're not fully committed or it just wasn't working out for them. Imagine if all those attorneys left the industry over like a six or eight month period. I'm not saying they were bad people. I'm just saying the industry would be leveling up, right? Like you would be left with a higher level of professionalism, a higher level of expertise, more value in return for the dollar you spent on your training. That's what will happen in the real estate industry this year. And that's not a bad thing. So if you're thinking about getting into the business, reach out to us, toddtremoneyteam.com. Uh, or, you know, if you're in another part of the state, look for people that have survived market cycles before. Look for people whose business actually is probably doing better when the consumer is a little bit less clear and the consumer needs an expert. They need leadership and guidance. That's a good model for a real estate agent job that might survive market cycles and is not just at the mercy of like when your friends are excited about real estate. So call or text 214-310-0008 or hit us up on the website at toddtremonteteam.com. Another website I want you to take a look at is uh, Republic Title, republictitle.com. Uh, they are a leader when it comes to residential title, not just residential, that's what we use them for, but uh, real estate transfer of title, right? If you're going to buy or sell a home, if you're refinancing and the title to your property is going to change, it actually does matter who does that. That's not just like fill a blank in on the contract. That's another like find the right people that will get it done right and take care of you and not 
cause significant delays or waste of money or cause you to lose sleep. So next time you buy, sell, refinance, or invest, check out Republic Title. And the easiest way to check them out is republictitle.com. What else? What, what do the people need to know, Courtney? Well, Todd, you know, we did get a question about wondering if acquiring debt by way of a mortgage is a bad thing. Like, how does this affect a person's like future and finances to take on this huge amount of money? I love this question and I'm going to give you a warning. I don't like to give you a warning, but I'm going to get your answer to this question in a second. So we'll see what producer Courtney thinks. But before that, uh, Patrick Glaros was on the show last week and um, I filter all of my answers to these questions through Patrick because he's the mortgage professional that I have trusted for 20 plus years. Now, the answer I'm about to give you is actually not going to be a technical mortgage answer. So let me just give you that caveat. If you have questions about rates and qualifications and use of debt for the sake of getting into a house and, and using that financial instrument, I want, you know, Patrick's your guy. He knows more about this than me. So patrickglaros.com, G-L-A-R-O-S, patrickglaros.com. What I'm going to tell you is personal, my personal answer. Um, and I get this question asked a lot of different ways. Uh, a lot of times from people at church or that I serve with in ministry because they know that I'm a follower of Jesus, right? I would call myself a Christian. Um, and there are some questions about debt in, in faith circles, in religious circles, whether you're a Christian or not. Other faith traditions have questions about whether debt is even appropriate or ethical. I would tell you this. I live my life and my closest friends and family that ask me this on a personal level I, I tell them how I feel about this, right? I believe the Bible cautions us against debt. It does not prohibit us from the use of debt. That's my personal interpretation of scripture. And that's how I live my life, right? I do not like having much debt. I do understand the power and the utility of debt, especially when I'm making a 500,000 or million dollar purchase for real estate, right? We've purchased commercial buildings and we've commercial, purchased residential homes and we've flipped them and we've rented them and all these things, right? Debt is a really powerful lever. But the Bible, which I believe to be true, says that the borrower is slave to the lender. And it's using slave in a interesting way there, right? It's basically saying you're obligated to. They have some control over you now, right? If I do certain things, I'm things are good. If I don't do certain things, there's consequences and repercussions to that, right? If I don't pay my loan, then they can take things away from me, right? They can take away my ability to borrow in the future. They can take away the home. They can take away the vehicle. They can take away the asset, whatever that is. Um, and so I think scripture is pretty clear on that. And so I, that's how I live my life. I want to be very careful. I generally want to avoid debt. I don't, I don't want a lot of debt at all. I don't want almost any consumer debt at all. But when it comes to a house, most of us, um, it's going to be somewhat of an uphill battle to pay 100% cash for a nice house, right? For a $500,000 house, for a $600,000 house, for something like that. Um, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that and give you some more specifics of how we coach and counsel our buyer clients to think about that. 
we obviously have people use mortgages every single day all year long. So we don't think that's bad, but we want that to be a benefit to their life. We want that to give them a more joyful, peaceful life and not become a burden. So I'll talk about how and why we do that after the break. But let me just say really quickly, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in the current real estate market, and you would like somebody to give you advice and lead and guide you through that, who also cares for you as a person or as a family, we want to do that for you. Reach out to us, toddtremonteteam.com or call or text 214-310-0008. Welcome back, party people. Welcome back to Texas Real Estate. We're talking all things residential real estate all over the great state of Texas. We pretty much only talk about DFW, though. But from time to time, we will discuss other parts of the market. And um, when we went to the break, I was talking about the use of debt and just my personal philosophy. Number one, as a generally financially conservative person, uh, and, and number two, as, as someone who trusts the Bible and as a Christ follower uh, wants to be obedient to scripture. You may not share that faith element, but I know that many, 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 many of our clients share, uh, you know, some caution around borrowing, you know, not wanting to have a massive mortgage, not wanting to have a big payment um, for obvious reasons, a saving money and B being able to do more with the money you have, um, and then I think there's a much smaller population of our potential buyers, buyers and past client buyers who are really, really, really intentional about building wealth through real estate, including their home. And so the mortgage then is a lot less about, you know, just, just help me get into the house. I just want the house. And it's more about, okay, how does this fit in to my overall financial picture? How does this help me build wealth? Would I be better off? putting more cash down, or actually would I be better off saving that cash and borrowing more? Those are some of the strategic decisions that a great lender can help you make. And again, I'll just, I'll throw Patrick Glaros out uh, because the first segment's always brought to us by Patrick Glaros. Just go to patrickglaros.com, G-L-A-R-O-S, um, or you can go to our website, tatramoneyteam.com, click the radio tab and see all of Patrick's information uh, and reach out to his team because he does have an incredible team. So um, what I was saying when we went to the break, though, was, um, you know, I, I believe the Bible is true. And the Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. And if that sounds like really intense language to you, basically just look, the, the lender has control over the borrower, right? If you don't pay, they take your house back. If you don't pay, they add penalties. If you don't pay, your credit score suffers, you know? Same thing with rent. If you don't pay, they kick you out, right? So it's not all that unique, but it does need to be thought about. It does need to be considered. Um, and I would simply go so far as to say, I think most people, I don't know the statistics in Dallas because it's changed a lot, uh, but most people use some debt when it comes to purchasing a house. Um, what I was saying when we went to the break is that it's obviously possible for some people to just put off that home purchase and wait until they can save enough money to pay cash for the whole dadgum thing, right? Hey, you know, $350,000 house, you know, is, has become an entry-level home in a lot of DFW now. How long would it take you to save $350,000? Well, from a financial perspective only, it probably wouldn't be worth it 
by the time you saved that amount of money, that house might be a $450,000 house, right? Now, that doesn't mean it's not possible, but most people are going to say, man, if I can get a loan, even in the 6% range, that's about the only way I could buy a home in the current market. Because by the time I saved up, the, the value of that house is, has kind of outrun my savings ability. Um, so a reasonable rate with a reasonable payment is a reasonable sacrifice to make. Allowing someone to have some of that control over me as a lender is a reasonable trade-off. What we're helping our buyers do is make sure that that amount of debt is worth it for the value of the home and the, the value, the future value of that home makes that debt sometimes an asset, meaning you're better off having that in the future than, than potentially not having it. I would rather not have debt in almost every situation, but there are many, many times, especially with your primary home, where you're going to be very, very careful to make those payments and preserve that home. Um, you know, it can be a huge benefit to you. But yeah, we get that question a lot. And there are times where you're better off putting more cash into a transaction and having a lower payment. There's other times you might be better off putting that cash into the home in improvements and increasing the value more versus limiting the debt. Overall, the vast majority of people in DFW are going to use some debt to purchase a home. We think the really wise thing to do is to speak to someone that can help you think about that debt in a broader perspective than just, can I get into the house? But how is this going to impact me 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, as opposed to just, can I get the money to buy the house right now? Um, a lot of people are making that decision pretty rashly and it's causing them to buy the wrong house or not enjoy the house where the house that could have been a big blessing has now become a big burden. So hopefully that answer was really, really clear. Um, I do want people to pause for a second, after, especially after the crazy weather we recently had and think about the last time you had a professional roofer check out your roof. Talked to a lot of people in the last week and a half that realized um, I've been hearing you tell me, Todd, that I, have, I should have a roofer on my roof at least every two years. And we had ice sitting on our roof for four days straight. And now we realize we had one or two or three little leaks. And now we got to replace some sheetrock. And now we got to replace some insulation. And now we're worried about, you know, the framing or the wood or the, you know, whatever closet that we didn't realize that was dripping into. It's not worth that, y'all. It's not worth the major repairs that can come from not doing the simple minor thing of just having someone check your roof out. It covers your whole house. It covers the garage. It covers the patio. Have someone check it out and have that someone be from PMR Roofing. You can find them online at pmrroofing.com. Tell them Todd Tremonti sent you. They are not going to sell you anything that you do not need. But if you do need something, they're going to do that at a fair price. They're going to do it quickly and they're going to do it the right way. Check them out online, pmrroofing.com and tell them that Todd Tremonti sent you. Have we answered our questions, producer Courtney? Well, listen, you had a social media post this past week about your kids owning a home in DFW. And I am curious, we're all pretty curious, what is that about? Yes, I want to get to that. But first, I want to address the assertiveness with which you asked that question. You started with listen, and I felt like saying, yes, ma'am, I will do that. Hey, so I, 
I respect you coming in strong with this question. Um, yes, I, I actually there's been I've been playing on social media lately with like what what is the hot button for families in DFW right now? Like what what's got you motivated? What are you thinking about? What are you worried about? Um, what are you excited about in regard to your home? And and one little thread, kind of a nerve I feel like we're hitting is people's kids, right? There's there's like a like a, a lingering anger among, you know, middle-aged or older adults in DFW. That's like, I do not like what's happening in the market because I don't know what my kids are going to do when it's time for them to buy a home. Right. Like, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were thinking, Hey, I'd like to buy my first or second or third house for 200 or 250. I mean, I bought my first house for that. I lived in, for like $121,000. I bought my first house to be cleared, Courtney, for $3,700. It was not nice, but we'll talk about that some other time. Um, but there's parents, there's adults, there's grandparents, there's, there's, there's thoughtful adults that are going, man, what is, like, what is this next generation going to do if a starter home in DFW is $600,000? It's nuts or a million. And I'm here to tell you, depending on who we're talking about, depending on how old those children are right now, that's, that's what a starter home is going to cost. It's, that's just the way that the world is moving. And it's not just DFW. Um, we are moving towards being a nation of renters, right? So honestly, if you look at almost any other Western developed nation, like a nation that's had a robust economy for any part of the last hundred years. Um, it's crazy. Most people rent, including wealthy people. They rent. The homes are owned significantly. I would say the majority of homes are owned by investors. Like New York City is a slightly better representation for Americans to look at of the rest of the world certainly more so than Dallas, Texas, right? We all know that we think New York is weird because most people live in apartments and they call them apartments, where to us in Dallas, an apartment is a rental. A condo or a townhome you own, and in New York, so many people rent that they call them all apartments, right? You, you buy an apartment or you rent an apartment. And that's not a tangent. That's just me trying to help you help illustrate this point that, that Dal even Dallas is headed that way where the cost of residential real estate um, is getting to a point where the, the, the first time, the age of a first time home buyer is going up, 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 right? Where I, you know, I bought my first house when I was like 21. That's so much harder to do now. And I feel bad for those people. Like it's, I didn't do anything to earn that. That's just where the world was at that time. Um, there are other advantages to young people right now, but real estate prices are not one of them. So the fact of the matter is, if you want your children to own a home when they are adults in DFW, hear me clearly on this. You might need to try to figure out a way to buy that house now. You might need to be the person that sells it to them, rents it to them. I'm not probably ever going to give my children a home. But if you're someone that would do that, you ought to buy it now. You can rent it in the interim. You can do whatever you want to do with it in the interim. But the reality is you can still buy a house right now for 300 or 350 for your children. 20 years from now, that might be a 700 or $800,000 house. 
Now, you know, the, the, the value of that money, then you could argue differently, but I would tell you, you'll be much better off without a shadow of a doubt if you were to buy that home now than letting them wait to buy it then. Now, I'm not saying that we're all providing homes for our kids. The fact is you might be able to be profitable on that home between now and then, and then give them at least a favorable purchase opportunity where you're, even if you were to sell it to them outright, you can still make money and they can have an opportunity to buy a home and build wealth through home ownership themselves, as opposed to what people in Southern California have known for 20 or 30 years, which is like, you know, you're not 20 something and buying a house unless you have one of these crazy, you know, right out of college, awesome jobs. But the average person is not doing that. They're packing six people into an apartment in San Diego or San Francisco or LA, just like they are. Everyone knows if you're young and you moved to New York, you you pile into an apartment with like 12 other people and you have three square feet to yourself, right? I'm not saying that Dallas will be that extreme, but we are moving in that direction. And so the point is, if you want a home, if you want your children to own a home 20 years from now, I think you would be wise to buy it now. Now, let me throw another wrinkle out, Courtney, and get your thoughts on this. Do you think it would be better to save for your children's college in a stock market account or to buy a house right now and use the house as the financial vehicle to be prepared to help pay for your children's education? I know you, it's obvious which one I'm going to pick. That's such an interesting. Uh, let me let me ask. It, you, it has never crossed my mind to do it differently than the stock market. Let me ask you the, the same question a different way. Do you think there's more upside? Do you trust it, and do you think it's more financially uh, positive to put your money in the stock market for twenty years or to own a home for twenty years? Yeah, I guess own a home for twenty years. The answer is there's arguments both ways. I mean, I'm shook right now. I would simply tell you this. If you were to go back 20 years and say you were starting with the same amount of money, DFW real estate would blow the doors off of the stock market. Now, of course, we're talking about what most of us do. Put the money into a fund and let someone manage that fund and pay the fees and pay the taxes and be, you know, we're not like brilliant stock pickers, right? We're, we're normal people, but you can be a normal real estate buyer and not even be a brilliant stock buyer. Yeah. And buy almost any house in DFW 20 years ago, you have more than quadrupled your money in many, many areas. I had that experience. Massive tax benefits on top of it. Yeah. So, we bought a house in East Dallas for two fifty, and in five years, it was worth over four hundred thousand. Yep. Now, now let, let's be fair. Let's be fair about this because some people are like, "Yeah, I bought a house in two thousand six, and in two thousand nine, uh, it wasn't worth that." You know, you jerk. But that was the only time in my lifetime, more than forty years where that was true in Dallas and, and anywhere, almost anywhere in Texas, late eighties savings and loan bust. Um, the, uh, the real estate market was shaken a bit by high interest rates, but we did not see massive real estate values drop by there were pockets for sure, but across the board, we did not. And the recovery was, was pretty quick. Um, 
you know, the ability to borrow at 17% was pretty brutal, but people still did it and they're still doing it now. So anyway, the point we're trying to illustrate is just this generational thinking, right? Like how many of us have said, gosh, I wish I had bought five houses back then. Well, we couldn't afford it. But the reality was if, if you're 40 year or older, you might've been thinking about homeownership in your twenties. And now 20 years later, you're like, oh my gosh, I could have bought a house for 175. Oh my gosh. I wish I would have bought 20 of them. Right. And the people that did are snickering a little bit right now. Right. The reality is think about that for your kids. And I don't know how old your kids are, but let's just say 20 years from now, they want to buy a home. Mm-hmm. You might, you might be their only hope. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about inflation and the value of the dollar and how that impacts it. And that's all real. But that was the social media post that got a lot of attention. And I think people need to be thinking about it. And if you're thinking, man, I think I'd rather buy a home than a 529 plan or, uh, you know, just save cash or whatever, reach out to our team, toddtremonteteam.com, toddtremonteteam.com, or you can call or text 214 310 Zero 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 eight. You should have that phone number saved in your cell phone. 214-310-0008. If you need a plumber, a roofer, an electrician, a lender, if you want someone to look at some pictures and see if you can take a wall out, if you want to remodel your kitchen and get some advice, and of course, if you're ready to buy or sell or invest in real estate with a team of professionals that are full-time, fully committed, who train agents all over the United States, then you want to reach out to the Todd Tremonti Home Selling Team, toddtremontiteam.com or 214-310-0008. We'd love to help. What else? We did, get, we did get a question about like, as far as areas to move in DFW, what makes Benbrook so attractive? So much about Benbrook that I love. And just to be clear uh, for our listeners and friends, we get questions about almost every area in DFW every week. Keep sending them. Uh, We'll answer as many as we can here live on the air. Uh, What makes Benbrook so attractive? What I love about Benbrook, uh, especially as someone who lives on the Dallas side, is Benbrook is definitely a suburb, right? It It is clearly different from Fort Worth, geographically, kind of personality, lifestyle-wise. Uh, but Benbrook is growing up, but it's also still holding out, Courtney. Uh, they're holding out with some acreage properties. They're holding out uh, for, they're not just like overdeveloped with retail. Uh, the lake there is really, really great. Uh, people really like the schools. Um I'm not going to say it's like a sleepier community because it's definitely not like a slow, sleepy country community, but it's a community where a lot of the residents are holding on to uh, neighborhood connectedness, community involvement, community events, but you can be in Fort Worth in 15 minutes, right? So it's this beautiful combination of like, uh, you know, a, a connected community um not overgrown with retail, but you still have everything you need as far as shopping and groceries and entertainment and all these things. Uh, Proximity to Fort Worth is absolutely amazing, but also proximity to the West where you could jump on, you know, a a tollway and head South uh, major, you know, recently redeveloped highways and get out West quickly and be truly in the country. Uh, The beautiful rolling, you know, kind of, 
getting into the beautiful parts of the country, in my personal opinion. Um, and so you've got all of that going for it. Plus, um, I would say in some ways it's under the radar. When we bring in clients from out of Texas, they don't tend to know Benbrook very well. They know Fort Worth and they think of Fort Worth as Cowtown. And Benbrook does a really nice job of delivering some of that Cowtown feel without being like a rodeo community. Um, it's, a, it's a great suburb with lots of options for real estate. There's some entry-level homes left, not a lot. And there's some gorgeous properties uh, with more being built and going up. So I love Benbrook. If, if I lived on the Fort Worth side, Benbrook would be like a top two, top three community that I would look at for our family. Um, and I'll, believe it or not, I think Benbrook is probably a top two landing spot for um, out of town buyers that come to us through our website or our YouTube channel that are like, hey, we're moving from California or Ohio or um, Chicago, you know, whatever. Uh, and this is what we're looking for. They're usually looking for things that were like, check, 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 Benbrook, you know, a little bit larger lot, nicer home, affordable house prices, but still near the city, but doesn't feel like the city without the crazy traffic, like check, 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 Benbrook. Uh, and we've put a lot of people in Benbrook that love where they live. So it's, it's a really, really awesome place. Um, speaking of awesome, DP Lambert. Awesome dude, awesome insurance, awesome level of hustle and follow-up. If you're thinking about uh, what you're spending on your insurance, your homeowner's insurance, your auto insurance, you should be getting that priced every year. You should have an insurance professional that can change your carrier, meaning where the insurance is actually provided every year if you need to, to get better coverage or better pricing, but you should have an insurance professional that you can stick with year in and year out. And DP Lambert and Goosehead Insurance do that as well as anybody we've ever seen. dp.lambert at goosehead.com. dp.lambert at goosehead.com. He handles all of my insurance. And on the occasion that he can't do something like from a commercial line, he's connected me with someone else at Goosehead that can. Uh, and they're just really good at increasing your coverage, decreasing your cost pretty much every single year. dp.lambert at goosehead.com. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, investing in real estate, you need someone you can trust. In this market, more than ever, you need someone that can help you sort and sift through all of the confusion and the complexity. Are we in a buyer's market? Are we in a seller's market? Is it a good time to buy? Should I wait on rates? Is it a good time to sell? Did I miss the top? Those are all fair questions. And they actually have very simple, easy answers. But those answers should be determined specific to you your budget, your timeline, your family, your job, your situation. And we are here at the Todd Money Home Selling Team to help you customize a plan to buy a home, sell a home, invest, or to simply enjoy the one you're in. And the best way for you to get those answers specific to you is what we call a free strategy session. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to sign anything. You can sign up for one anytime. You can do that by phone or text 214 310 0008, 
or you can just go to the website at toddtremonteteam.com. And if you don't remember any of that, just Google my name, take a good shot at spelling it and you'll find us. toddtremonteteam.com. <laughs>